And I always say things don't happen to me. They happen for me. Yeah. I'm who I am and I lead the way that I lead. And I'm gonna just do it my way. I'm not gonna be the typical average politician. I came in starting to work with all the rappers. Welcome family and friends to Unlocked with Keys, the show where I interview you to unlock your story with me. I am your host, Mikea Latia, and on today's episode, we will be unlocking the story, the journey of a profound woman, our very own city council president, and a woman who's dedicated to her ministry, Miss Mary Sheffield. Welcome. Hey, thank you for having me. I always like to do a <laughs> hand clap. <laughs> so glad to be here. Yes, thank you so much for joining. Like, it is such an honor to even have you here unlocking your story with me. Yeah, I appreciate it. for you. Thank you. <laughs> Y'all hear that? <laughs> well, before we get started, I want to play a game. Okay. Um, this kind of opens up, get to know you some more, and just figure out just more things about you that we may not know. Okay. So this game is called Give Me Three Keys. Um, okay. What you're going to do is go into the jar, grab a key, and you're going to give me three of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, intentional. <laughs> you said grab three. Oh, just one. Okay. I think it, just, it uh, confuses people when I say three keys. <laughs> okay. What's that one? Three things you love about yourself. That's funny. We were, okay. We just talked I did about not know that, that was going to be. It. Hilarious. All right. Um, definitely my ambition. Um, a lot of people see that about me. I am very purpose driven. And um, I always feel like there's another level wow. um, to myself. And so I love that I'm always in a state of constant growth of go get it. You know, I got to get it done. Not to a point where I overwhelm myself. You know, mm -hmm. I understand balance, but I'm very, very purpose driven and ambitious. Understanding that there's a purpose over my life that I take every minute of my time serious. Wow. And I'm always in a constant state of growth. So I love that about me, you know, because That's I don't want to settle. I always believe that there's another level. Um, Another thing I love about my surf is my myself is my, my love of for service. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I've dedicated the majority of my life to serving this city. Um, public service is a job where it's not about it's not about money. It's not about um, you. It's about others. Mm -hmm. And when I look at my entire life, um, it's really just been about how can I I can how can I pour into others? How can I serve others? How can I uplift this city? And I love that about me. <laughs> um, and then I think the third thing is, um, I think I'm a cool person. Yeah, I just think in the midst of everything <laughs> that has happened in my life, I am a very, very uh, laid back, down to earth, very humble person. And you, you know, in the midst of titles, uh, people lose sight of that. Yeah. You know, the legacy that I have, you know, people that I've met, rooms I've been in, I just, I'm a very humble person. Uh, and down our person. I love that about me. Yes, I so. I totally agree. <laughs> I am with you. I feel that from you because um, I was telling you what really drew me to you was on Clubhouse, the app, yeah. when you had the, um, what did, what was the uh, segments called again? Oh, about finding your purpose? Yes, yes. she's yes. purpose-driven, yes. makes sense. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I love that you, um, because when joining Clubhouse, it was kind of like a, you don't know what to expect. And yeah, honestly, it's some, not knowing, it's, it could be a bit intimidating. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, you know, even though it's just audio, I don't know. Right. And so I saw yours and I was like, okay, I'm going to join. <laughs> the next thing you know, I was in the, I forget what is it called when you're in the speaking room right, or on the floor. In the room, right. Yeah. And so I was like, Ooh, okay, we're going to give this a try. Yes. And so you were helping people build their story yes, and yes. giving them feedback mm -hmm. off of what their story was, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And I love that. Yeah. So now, since you put, you had me uh -oh. tell me my story. 
Because you had me think and really dive into, okay, why am I here? Right. What, you know, occurred in my life that made me say, I need to do better. I need to reach that other level as you speak Mm -hmm. about, you know, what was it? And you really helped me unpack that. Yes. Thank you. That's amazing. And look at you now. Walking Thank in you, it, Mary. walking in your purpose. Yes, <laughs> yes. You, I actually have like the whole uh, like a bunch of paragraphs, and okay. I wrote out yeah. what you were saying. You know, Amen. do this, do that. So I want to ask you to unpack your story. How would you, you know, really explain how did you got to where you are today? You know, what yeah. was that ex- experience? What was that? You know, shift in your life where you're like, yeah, I need to reach the other level. That next yeah. me. Yeah. Well, I oftentimes tell people I was born into this. Um, I come from a legacy of. Uh, civil rights activists and individuals who served. I grew up in a servant leadership household. I believe that we are shaped by what we are exposed to in our environment. So I really feel like I didn't have a a choice. Okay. But but by the (laughs) grace of God, as I started to embrace myself and get into it, I started to love it. And so when I was a young girl, I used to march with Jesse Jackson and L. Sharpton and Dick Gregory and Cornel West. I knew all of these people as a kid. Like my dad would keep me around him. And so it was just a part of my DNA. It was a part of who I am. And then the older I got, I just started to... um, understand the importance of how public service and, and, and social issues are tied into politics. Mm-hmm. So I said, I, I, you know, maybe I should run for office. And by the grace of God, my dad actually kind of encouraged me to do it. And I stepped out and it was been history ever since. That is yeah. insane. Yeah. Like to hear yeah. as a little girl and you little marched girl. with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my yep. God. And every, every weekend my dad would keep me not only in the church, but he would keep me Um, around like social justice events, right? And so it was just a part of who I was. I didn't know anything else but Mm -hmm. to stand up and fight for the least of thee. And so that's why pretty much my platform and everything I do to this day incorporates the values that were instilled in me when I was younger. Wow, I love that. Mm -hmm. Tell me, because there might be people who don't understand the importance of social justice. Mm -hmm. What explains us what is like, why is that so necessary? One of my favorite quotes is, I think it's Nelson Mandela. He says, until poverty and inequality doesn't exist, none of us can truly rest. And to me, it's about using our voice, lending our expertise, our gifts to make sure that we have equality and justice in this country. And so it's really just about finding issues that you're passionate about, wow. right? And and all of us, there's something that irritates us, that bothers us, mm-hmm. um, or it's just things that we're passionate about is figuring out how you can use your voice and your circle of influence to bring about change. And it doesn't have to be elected official, okay. right? It could be all types of different ways that you can bring about change um, around those issues as well. That's special because you, you I feel as though you have to have that heart yes. to want that. Yes. You know, not everyone will even want to. And it's such a, um, a beautiful thing to be able to say, you love to serve. Mm-hmm. How can I be of service to others? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. incredible. Mm-hmm. You don't really hear that often. Nope. And nope. you know, when I heard you say that, it made me at want to ask you, how do you also provide that service to yourself? Because pouring into others, <laughs> you know, your cup has to stay full. Yeah, how do you yeah. keep your cup full and, you know, not run dry or anything for yourself? Yeah, I'm actually working on that. I am. I'm working. Okay. It's a day-to-day journey, um, especially now being president. Oh, my gosh. The responsibilities and a workload have just surprised me. Wow. Um, but typically for me, I mean, my relationship with God and my that intimacy, that quiet time, that stillness, sometimes withdrawing, Uh, isolation is important to elevate 
And so I just believe that sometimes we just have to be still. We have to have silence. We have to clear our minds, whether that's reading, meditating, exercising, whatever, you know, it is for you. I know for me, those things are important. Um, but just taking that time to pause is, is just crucial. And like you said, being able to fill myself yeah. up to be able to pour into others. That, yeah, it's so necessary. We find ourselves just giving, giving. Yep. And it's like, all the time. you will look back and your cup is so empty. And it's like, well, okay, how do I refill this up mm-hmm. now? You know, I need mm-hmm. to be able to give more back to yep. myself. Yep. And yep. yeah, would you, you I was going to say, and yeah, sometimes, please. honestly, when I'm with, because the people of this city fill me up. Like when I'm out and I'm at events and it's like, oh, you know, Sheffield, you helped me with this. My, my, my grandmother got a roof on her home because of your program or, you know, just those encouraging and, and motivating words about what I'm doing on behalf of the residents in Detroit. That oftentimes fills me up, too. But the day to day grind of, you know, being at events and working at the table, passing legislation can be very, very tiresome. And yeah. so, as you said, mental health is real and making sure that you have that balance and that pause and, and are filling yourself up is important. Yeah, absolutely. You know, another thing that I admire about you is you are everywhere. Yeah. You don't. See, there you go. A, yeah. <laughs> you are just, yeah. I, I love it. You aren't, you know, just stuck to one, you know, one area, one group right. of people. You're everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's really, and I think for me, um, that's really how I uh, even started to get to know more of you because mm-hmm. I would see you with people that I knew, mm-hmm. you know, friends yeah. of mine. And I'm like, wow, right. like she is, you know, because, you know, a lot of times with uh, like counting, you know, council people, you don't really, yeah. it's just, this is yep. my district or this is where yep. I'm at. And that's just that. Mm-hmm. But you make it to whereas I'm going to be everywhere. And I'm going to do it my way. So that was one of the things when I got elected. It was, I'm not going to be the typical average politician. I came in starting to work with all the rappers. I'm telling you, I was the first, (laughs) and I'm putting it on the first, on the show. I was the first one that started partnering with Royce and Bezo and KDZ and Trick. and, And they would tell you. Like, we never had a politician that would bring us in their platforms. And so when I got to office, it was like, I'm going to do this my way because I want women and I want young people to see that you don't have to be this polished, you know, typical image of what leadership is or what a politician is. As long as you have your heart in the right place and you're standing on the right principles, you create your own path. And I've done that. And I've... Um, I think that is what has separated me and what people like most about me is that I'm who I am and I lead the way that I lead. And I'm going to just do it my way. <laughs> I love yeah. that. I love that so yeah. much. Tell me, so what So what was your, I, well, I guess you kind of did give me the why as to why you said, I want to, you know, step out and just go against the grain, technically, mm-hmm. if you will. And, you know, I just want to show people that I don't have to stay in this area, yeah. you know? Yeah. I love that. Because mm-hmm. you, because, and I think that kind of keeps people away mm-hmm. from politics because mm-hmm. they don't feel like they have a place mm-hmm. or, you know, they don't relate of some sort. And yeah. that's why people kind of steer, you yeah. know, away yeah. from yeah. it. And politics, especially local politics, mm, yeah. touches our lives so much. I mean, I, when Pete, especially when young men or young women, you know, I don't vote, my vote doesn't count, yeah. all of this. And I actually stop and I engage with them and spend time with them because it touches every aspect of our lives. Local politics is more important, I believe, than the federal. Really? <laughs> because we're talking about, you know, direct quality of life issues yes. that impact you. And so um, I guess for me, I, I, I started to understand the importance of, of policy, of politics, and having the right people in office to represent the needs uh, of African-American people, yeah. uh, of the struggle, and some of the things that we're also trying to get done. What is it um, within our community that you feel as though goes unnoticed the most? 
mm. whether that be, you know, with, um, with, in the political world or rather that be within ourselves that we are not even, you know, paying attention to. What do you think goes unnoticed? I mean, I think, unfortunately, I don't believe the, that, that government has done us right okay. in, in general. You know, yeah. in urban cities across the country, I think that, uh, you know, African-American neighborhoods in general are underserved. And so just being a voice to, I th- and I think at this point in history, though, things are changing. Yeah. And, and with Kamala Harris now as the vice president okay. and, and all, you know, <laughs> what I'm just saying the conversation has shifted now. Yep. We're talking about reparations now. We're talking about ownership, generational wealth. Okay. All of these things now are at the, at the top of the priority for anybody who's an elected official. So I think those are the things that sometimes may go unnoticed, but uh, for the good, things have shifted. And I think these are at the forefront now, and we're actually talking about the importance of these things. I love that because it's so necessary, and it's um, it's beautiful because I feel as though, like, uh, because some generations, like um, my parents, for example, they lived through an era where, like, downtown looked nothing like this, Mm -hmm. nothing. For the longest, my mom would be like, I'm not, I'm not coming downtown. That's not safe. Uh -uh." Uh-uh. I'm like, oh, but they're doing this, they're doing Mm -hmm. that. No, they're not. Mm -hmm. Not from what I recall. (laughs) And so I'm like, how do I get her down here? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it was, it was like, um, like, really drilled in their head that nothing has really changed. And to see so much change. And you have a program, the beautification mm-hmm. program. Can you t- touch on that? Because our neighborhood, <laughs> we need it. Everybody, I mean, the, the, I think the number one concern I hear to this day is downtown and midtown, we're building it up. But what about the hood? What about the mm, neighborhoods? What yeah. about, you know, Dexter and Linwood area, et cetera? I'm Gratiot some more. <laughs> right, farther up Gratiot. And so when the Pistons moved downtown, um, they receive some public financing, which is like tax dollars. And so I was like, I want to make sure that when they come here, that the community benefits from their move downtown Detroit. Yeah. And so that's what, how the fund was created. It captures a certain portion of the money from that arena, and it goes into a program that actually funds beautification projects in the community. And so that's pretty much what it is. It's just to pour back and give into yeah. um, neighborhood organizations and black clubs that are trying to beautify. Because a lot of these groups, I mean, they want to be a part of revitalizing their community, mm-hmm. but they don't have access to money. Yep. And yep. so that's what that program essentially does. Yeah. yeah. Giving them those resources mm-hmm. that they need. Yeah. It, 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 we, we really do need it. Because, you know, because you have some areas where you just know better. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we don't go yeah, over there. Yeah. But it's changing <laughs> because at one point you couldn't go on uh, – Mac and Bewick. Okay. But girl, let me tell that you. That is like the go-to Mac place and, not it's, to go. It's changed now. You can go over there now. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I'm telling you, you would be just fine. It's people walking their dogs. Riding and their all bike, going everything. on runs and okay. everything. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. It's hilarious because my parents are literally, they'll be shocked. Like, oh, you know, because my, my dad actually grew up on Seminole. Yeah. And my mother, um, Gratiot and Van Dyke. Oh, so that's they're, my district. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah right. Yeah. So they're really familiar with the area. Yeah. So when they go through it and they see like, oh, wow, like this is different different mm-hmm. like you feel good yeah you want to feel safe like yeah. this is our home it's our home but one of the things that we have to make sure that we're doing is the the the, the pace in which Detroit is changing the mm-hmm. ownership Let's we please. can't just we can't just live here and like it and feel a part of it we need to own tell them own own, own. <laughs> and that that is one of the reasons why 
I knew I had to run again for office. I had to stay in my position, and then I'm not sure what's going to happen next, but we got to make sure we're providing opportunities for us to own because the rate in which people are buying up these properties, these buildings, and not allowing Detroiters to own and create generational wealth is really, really concerned. It is. It's sad. And so that's that is at the forefront of this term for me is, you know, we talked about affordable housing and rental units, but now I want housing. Okay, You know, I want ownership. And that's so important to me. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because you're right, it's, it's being bought up. Mm-hmm. It's being bought up and we have to get a piece. We mm-hmm. have to. Mm-hmm. You, we've been yep. here our lives. This is our city. Yep. Why? You know, you don't want to just go ahead and just give it away. No. Yep. Build and own. Yep. Yeah, I love that. And that's a part of that is education. It's letting people, young people know, teaching them financial, you know, one-on-one. How do you own? How do you balance your checkbook? Things of that. So we're not, we're not taught that in school. Right. And so I think as an elected official, I think government too, you know, should be responsible for helping to educate yeah. our young people. And so that's something I'm going to really, really be working on, honestly. Yep. You are doing yeah. an amazing job. Thank you. Like, I love it. Your spirit mm-hmm. is just so incredible. Yeah. And it's so necessary. Mm-hmm. We don't, um, I have to be honest, I think you are one of the first, uh, like, city council, or you're the city council president. <laughs> Let me be very clear. But even just on the council side that I have, was just so drawn to. I appreciate that. Yeah, and you are doing an incredible job. You mm-hmm. are because, like you said, you're doing it your way. Mm-hmm. You And you're so genuinely for the people. Mm-hmm. So genuinely for mm-hmm. the people. Mm-hmm. I hear that all the time. And I let and that's what I let drive me, honestly. And it's a tough, it's a tough environment because you can't please everybody. Right. And as hard as you work, someone's always gonna have something to say. You know, but you gotta keep focused on what God has called you to mm-hmm. do and do the best that you can. You yeah. know, and that's that's what always guides me. Yeah, you have um, the new rights to counsel ordinance. Yep. Can we talk about that, mm-hmm. too, as well as what you've also done for the people and with the evictions that's been going on? So every year, about 30,000 evictions are happening in Detroit, oh 30,000. And out of the 30,000, only 4% of tenants actually have an attorney to fight the case. So you got to think, if only 4% have attorneys, a lot of those 30,000 people are losing their homes mm-hmm. at the 36th District Court. And so what we did um, is propose, and it just passed, which I'm excited about. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, is a program that provides free and a free attorney for low-income families who are facing eviction. And so by the grace of God, um, it passed. And it's powerful because as we ch- are changing Detroit, people mm-hmm. are losing their homes. Yeah. You got landlords that are kicking people out, raising right. rents, and they don't even have valid reasons, but they have an attorney. They go to court and they take advantage of these vulnerable, low-income families. Wow. And so now, if you have a, a, a an equipped, qualified, competent attorney representing you, more people will actually stay in their home. Wow. And so that helps stabilize our neighborhoods. I mean, it's just, to me, it's about protecting the most vulnerable in Detroit. Mm-hmm. So it's called Right to Counsel. And again, if anyone's watching, if you know any low-income families uh, throughout Detroit who may be facing eviction, they now have access to an attorney from the beginning to the end of their case if, in fact, they're facing eviction. Wow. Yeah. You must be so proud. I'm very proud of that because <laughs> it was so many people that came out that were like, my grandmother was getting evicted and the landlord, I could have saved my home in tears. I met a woman who was at the Cots shelter who mm-hmm. lost her home. She has three, I think three, three children. And she was explaining how she got wrongfully evicted because she didn't have an attorney. So to hear personal testimonies like that lets me know that the work that I'm doing is actually impacting, you know, yeah. impacting uh, the residents of Detroit. And women and children are disproportionately impacted. So you got to think those are the people who are getting evicted at the most rates as well. 
Yeah, that's awful. Yep. That's awful to not have anywhere to go. Mm-hmm. You were wrongfully evicted. Yep. That yep. is wow. Yep. yep. And don't have an attorney. You just there at court. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. You said too how um like you know when the uh like you know, rent if it goes up as well, mm-hmm. is there like a like a threshold for that? Is there something that could be prevented. Yeah, that's one of the first thing I tried to do when I got to council is rent control. But okay. it happens at the state level. So city, a local municipality cannot really manage or regulate rent control. Um, so it has to be some changes on the state level to do that. But what I did do. Yes, come on. Tell us, come Is on. all of the new buildings that y'all see downtown. Okay, okay, okay. They have to set aside at least 20% of their units for affordable housing. Oh, that was did, me. You did that for yes, me? Yes, that was me. <laughs> And I meet people like, you know, I'm in one of the low, well, they don't say low income units, but I'm in one affordable. of the affordable units because they're really nice places, but yeah. the rent is really, really high. So anytime a new project comes, a lot of the new housing that you see, yes. at least 20% has to be set aside for affordable housing. And so that was my way of trying to ensure that, you know, we as Detroiters are benefiting from mm-hmm. the new projects that we're seeing in Detroit. Yeah. That is yeah. so, so we're, And we, we're trying to strengthen it now, too, to get more. But mm-hmm. That's amazing because I actually uh, learned about that while looking for a place down oh, here. Oh, really? Yeah, I learned about that, and I didn't know. I had no idea you were part yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. It's called Thank the you. Inclusionary <laughs> Housing. Well, inclusionary yeah. Housing. Yeah. So how does someone, um, how do they, you know, know where to go, which homes are affordable? So we, we're working on a, uh, a locator, an affordable housing locator oh, on the city's website that will be launched soon but typically when you go to the apartment buildings looking they would tell you that there's a certain amount set aside for affordable housing if they have any left and if you qualify so just make sure you ask okay yeah um, and it's okay if you if you want to get a affordable one because these you, places you might want to yeah <laughs> they're really it's okay high. To save some money. and even the affordable <laughs> ones are still high yeah you know, so yeah you know that's amazing listen listen you you got to be proud of that that's incredible <laughs> um, like i'm budgeting saving some money and i live downtown in a mm-hmm. nice area mm-hmm. a nice place yep, yep yes yep. you know another thing that you have going on is your next level shift coaching mm-hmm. can we talk about mm-hmm. this because for one when um when i first saw when you uh you sent me the link to the website I fell in love with mm-hmm. it because you asked the questions mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. we could. Mm-hmm. Oh, why do I need coaching? Yeah. What am I here for? <laughs> what do we provide? And I love yeah. that it draws the person mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. to make sure it's for them, but mm-hmm. to even give that extra information mm-hmm. as to your purpose behind mm-hmm. it. So can you talk some more about that? Yeah. So it was really birthed during the pandemic. Um, I had a lot of time to pause and to think about myself and what I wanted and what direction I wanted to go in my life. And I've always had a passion of helping women reach their purpose um, and navigating the barriers that we face oftentimes is self-doubt, is fear, is I'm not whatever it is, I'm not enough or whatever. And so I wanted to provide an environment, a space where women can feel safe, where they feel protected, where they feel encouraged and get equipped with what they need to be able to elevate to that next level. So that's really what it was birthed from. And um, as you know, it was a weekly coaching. Yeah. Um, there's a course that women go through. And um, I actually had to put it on pause a little bit once I came back as president because it's been so busy. But yeah. it's something that I want to do long term because having an environment is key yeah. for women. And I believe that proximity is power, like being close to people yeah, who yeah. have been where you need to go. Is key, and so that's what I try to provide for for women who are navigating through purpose. So many, you know, so many women. I don't know what my purpose is. I'm stuck. I'm confused. You know, right. what direction should I go? So trying to provide that support to help them navigate through that. 
Well, have you ever found yourself in that position, whether that be the self-doubt or, you know, figuring out your purpose? Have you ever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's so even looking in at the you, midst, it's like, hey. I know, right? <laughs> and I tell the girls, like, even in the midst of me being elected, I mm-hmm. still was like, what's my, like, what is my purpose? I still struggle with that. And so I had to really do some self, um, self-exploration self and, and, and writing, journaling, and really asking myself the tough questions that really helped me understand a, a better sense of what purpose is, what I believe it is, and me walking in that so yeah of course I think we all experience it anybody that Mm -hmm. you know experiences it it's just how you deal with it right it's just you have to have a strategy right to uh, be able to overcome those things yeah Yeah. absolutely and you're right we all do deal with it and um, I like to say too like life is gonna come Mm -hmm. things will come obstacles will come but how are you carrying it Mm -hmm. how are you responding Mm -hmm. to it Mm -hmm. you are you being are you letting it defeat you right or are you defeating it that's right what are you choosing to do and I always say things don't happen to me they happen for me wow. and when you start to change your perspective really it's about having a deeper perspective of life and understanding that hey all things work come on for my all good. things it's nothing <laughs> the there, good. there's no such thing as failure right I only get wow. better right in every perceived failure there's an equivalent seed of success or something greater you know what I'm saying and so I look I, I try to navigate life that way and um you know put myself in situations where I am uncomfortable so that I can grow and, and expand so so you so you voluntarily like to put yourself in uncomfortable spaces? I do now. Why? <laughs> no, I love you know I love yeah. that because I was just telling my team I said sometimes we just gotta just jump out in the fire mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. you know learn how not to get burned. Yeah. yeah, you're right, and that's where I grow. You know, wow. that's where I go. Being complacent and being comfortable never has got me anywhere. You Come know, on. it's when I ran for office when I was 26 and didn't know anything, and I won. It's when I stepped out and ran for president, like, oh, my gosh, can I do this? And I won, you know, and it's, it's, you know, it's responding to events or opportunities where I may be a little bit nervous, but I still do it where I grow and doors open. So you just got to not let fear stop you. I know, I mean, it's cliche, but you got to step out in these uncomfortable situations and just do it. And in the midst of that, I'm telling you, doors open, you learn and you grow. That is so true. Yep. You have to challenge yourself. Um, I know a lot of times people are so focused on, well, it has to be this way, or mm-hmm. I have to be at this point in my life. Like all of these things that have to happen in our right. own mind, mm-hmm. that really what God has for you is already there. Mm-hmm. He just needs you to take out on that, on that, in that leap and arrive that to action. where he told you to go. Yep. <laughs> and, but, and we get so wrapped up in our head, mm-hmm. and naturally it feels like, well, I'm not equipped. I'm not there. Mm-hmm. But you forget that God called you yeah. and said, I chose you. That's you right. are certainly equipped. That's right. That's Whether right. you see it or not, believe that mm-hmm. I put you here. That's right. And yeah, we, we got to keep, we got to keep mm-hmm. instilling that mm-hmm. even within ourselves, within others. Like yep. it's so necessary mm-hmm. daily. Yeah. Yes. I'm so, I'm just so glad yeah. you came and joined Thank me you. before. I, I can't let you leave yet. Before okay. I, go. I have something for okay. you. Okay. So sweet. Time. Yes. Your, okay. Um, your team let me know. I said, you, you need to open it. Open it up? Yes. Okay. I wouldn't know. Okay. I said, oh, well, what does she like? Well, she makes her own smoothies. She doesn't go out <laughs> to eat. I said, okay. I'm going to get Latosha. <laughs> yeah. Very detailed. Yes. Okay. So I was like, okay. You nice. are so welcome. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. You like it? Perfect. Yeah. Oh, and we're talking about. Listen, I listen. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I definitely got to wear this. Yes, please. Oh my goodness. Thank you for this. You are so. You are so sweet. And I just want to say, I wish you the best. 
Um, I've had nothing but good energy, good vibes from you. I know that you are getting ready to get higher or go higher and higher in your career and whatever God has called you to do. You are just a beautiful person inside and out. And just continue to let God use you, seriously. Because, I mean, just in our short encounters meeting, you've just been such a, a just a beautiful, a beautiful person. So Thank you. Yeah, very talented and, and purpose-driven as well. I think that's probably why we connected, because yeah. of the purpose. Purpose-driven. Oh, so just continue to be humble and continue to let God lead you. And I can only, I can only imagine what's next for you. So <laughs> however I can support oh, you, you know, let me know. This is incredible. <laughs> yeah, Thank no you problem. so Thank much. Thank you for the gift card. Yes. I, you got a few options over there so okay. you can know. Okay. <laughs> do what you want. That was nice. I appreciate it. You are so yes. welcome. I appreciate you. You're going to make your time crown again. <laughs> what is that? I'm crown again in the car. <laughs> And if you are interested in purchasing a shirt as well, Unlocked Purpose t-shirts are available for pre-order at www.unlockedwithkeys.com. And is there any uh, social media tags sure. you want them to know, websites, all of that good yeah. stuff? Um, everything is Mary Sheffield, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, and websites. So that's Mary and then S-H-E-F-F-I-E-L-D. Awesome. I before Thank E, you, is that for C. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I got to yeah. remember it. <laughs> Awesome. I thought thank you again thank so you for much. Me. 